This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we're taking a look at what's happening in North Carolina politics for the week of Monday, March 1st. For the News and Observer, I'm Don Vaughn, your host for this week ahead episode of Under the Dome for March 1st, 2021. I'm joined by my colleague, Colin Campbell. We're going to give you the three big things that are going on this week at the legislature, or so we think. You can listen at the end of the week and tell us if we are right or not also. So what's finally going to roll out, supposedly on Monday, is the next COVID bill, which has been one of our week aheads for a while now, and it looks like it's actually going to happen. Other things we know definitely happening this week are budget and appropriations meetings, something about reopening and schools, and then um, maybe a new state symbol in the works. So let's start with schools reopening and the kind of this push-pull between Governor Cooper and the legislature. Colin, what do we have that we know for sure is happening this week as far as this reopening and restrictions and and that sort of thing as far as bills that are out there? So yeah, I should start with the caveat that we're recording this um, a few days ahead of time. So we don't know yet. No, we'll know over the weekend. Uh, as you're listening to this, you'll you'll be able to check newsobserver.com and see this uh, as to whether uh, Governor Cooper either vetoed the school reopening bill or let it become law over the weekend without his signature. Um, and if he let it become law, then that's kind of a done deal. Schools have about two weeks before they have to reopen. Um, if he's vetoed it, uh, there's probably going to be override votes this week. But that's not the only school reopening related uh, battle that's going on. There's also uh, two different pieces of legislation that should be up in the Senate either Monday or Tuesday uh, involving um, uh, high school sports and you know how many people can go be spectators at a, a high school football game or baseball or whatever uh, may be going on in the, the coming months. Um, as you know from last week, the governor's new executive order caps it at, what was it, 30% uh, capacity for outdoor and indoor sports, uh, so at least a little bit of reopening there. Yeah, there's. it's not really that much of a percentage difference now. Um, and, and one of the things to note and that I'm sure that uh, people of both parties have noticed is unlike other legislative sessions, uh, this time um, the governor has a press conference every single week. And it's, you know, about broader things, but basically COVID response, restrictions, news information. And he times his announcement sometimes to a day before uh, a, or a day after a bill comes out. So there's a lot of back and forth that we wouldn't see in a normal session where lawmakers and, of course, the General Assembly is Republican-led in both chambers, uh, put something out there for what they want. And then a few days later, the governor has an announcement where he's also doing something about that. But it's not really what the Republicans want, but it's something in the middle. And so there's this back and forth about that. And the school's reopening bill is one of those. And then the high school capacity, that bill was filed before his announcement on changing it, right? Yeah, just a day or two before his announcement, this bill was filed. Um, and I think the bill sponsor, who's Senator Todd Johnson, a Republican from Union County, was asked, you know, now that this executive order is out, is there still a need for this bill? And his argument was, well, yes, there is, because the Cooper administration put the threshold, the, the capacity limit too low, and I want it to be higher. So it's now what you have is two separate bills. Um, and this is going to be a technique I think you're going to see a lot of this session. The first bill is the one that's titled Let Them Play and Let Us watch, which is perhaps not the title I would have given them. A few people have pointed out on Twitter that that seems a little bit creepy. That is statewide to set uh, the threshold for um, sporting event capacities. Um, And then there's a second bill 
It's called Students, Parents, Community Rights Act. Um, and that one's almost the same bill, except it's a local bill, but it's a local bill that applies to 14 different counties, uh, which is about as many as you can put in a local bill. And that's something the governor can't veto. Uh, so it looks like they're sort of putting these out at roughly the same time with the idea that um, if Cooper vetoes the statewide one, then uh, he's got no choice about the one that applies to 14 counties, um, which seems to be, I've seen this in a couple other things, the technique this year is, uh, if we think it's something the governor might veto, let's create a local bill version of this as like a you know backstop. And if we can't do this statewide, we can at least do it in a couple of the Republican counties. Right. There's definitely a, um, a schools reopening local bill too. So that, that's a new, a new tactic and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And it would be kind of weird if some of these pass with certain counties and not others. So how, what's statewide, what's not, and there's not a lot of uh, uniformity, but there isn't either right now with the schools opening. Again, we're ahead of uh, Cooper's deadline on that bill um, where not all school districts are open and um, most are right, but, but not all are. So there's not, um, not the same uniformity with these local bills that you have with the other ones. But if it's a way to get a law that, that you want that, you know, is on your party's agenda, then, uh, then that's certainly something that, that can be successful. Uh, so, We've also got, uh, there's appropriations meetings that have been meeting uh, a couple times a week. And a few, the easiest thing, uh, since, you know, a lot of us work a combination of, of remote and in-person, when there's, you know, education approves and transportation approves and government approves, you can just uh, watch, you know, online and then, and then click between all of them. And they get kind of different versions of the same presentation. But fiscal research has been giving overviews of this is what the budget process is. This is what you need to know for what your jurisdiction is and what, what you need to think about as, as this gets rolling, even though we're, you know, March 1st, uh, we still have, what, a month, two months before, or even several months before uh, the full budget is out and conference budget passed and everything else. So Thomas Stith, who's the head of the State Community College System, spoke at one of the approach meetings this past week saying they want 5% raises for community college employees that they've been behind on that. So raise talk is already underway. That will definitely be one of our uh, week ahead and closer look discussions in the coming months. But that's something is already on everyone's radar and will come up again in more of these approach meetings um, just as the budget talk gets going. So the COVID bill is tied to all this money, too. Colin, what do you think we, we're going to see with the COVID bill that's rolling out this week? Supposedly rolling out, right? Yeah. So we've, you know, we've had this as the uh, potential thing to is coming up for quite a few weeks now. And um, Representative Donnie Lambeth, who's the budget writer in the House, came out last week and said he's it's finally almost done. It's going to be filed on Monday and then there's going to be appropriations meetings on Tuesday afternoon to discuss it. Um, and so this is basically trying to figure out how do they spend you know billions of dollars from the latest federal relief act and they've got some strings attached to them like there's a a big pot of money that's uh, i think about 258 million for highway infrastructure there's some for airport grants there's some for farms and fisheries disaster assistance um so there's a lot of you know stipulations on how this money is spent but within some of these sort of larger subject matter allocations they can really decide you know which agency is going to get to spend it what sort of projects should they be funding um, and so we'll see a lot more of that come out this week um, and a lot of time spent on that bill starting in the House and then moving into the Senate. So we could uh, expect a, a, quite a few meetings on that, I think, in the, the coming week. 
One thing that really has helped North Carolina is that we've gotten so much money from the feds that the state hasn't had to worry about. Uh, and for other reasons, too, with as far as the way money is. But the state has more money going into the budget process than they thought they were going to have. And there might be more money to come. So this COVID bill, not knowing what the next thing that Congress is going to do and how we're going to spend things, uh, uh, state or federal money through the state, uh, will really affect everybody who's listening to this with your your jobs, if you're a parent, schools, every everything. So that'll be another big thing to pay attention to and find out how much money is uh, going and to who and where. So our third topic is something a little lighter, more fun, but uh, definitely part of North Carolina on every level. Uh, Colin, why don't you tell us what uh, what else is on the calendar for this week? Yeah, so you know, there's there'll be more committee meetings popping up um, as the week goes on. So we don't know all the bills that are going to be considered, but one of the ones that is up for a committee hearing on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday is uh, the uh, it's House Bill Two. You might have some uh, thoughts about House Bill 2 from the last time there was a House Bill 2. This one has nothing to do with bathrooms or LGBT rights uh, because this is a a brand new session. The new House Bill 2 is entitled Adopting the Bottlenose Dolphin as the State Marine Mammal. Um, So this is uh, from Representative Bobby Hannig, uh, who's not surprisingly a a coastal legislator, uh, and he wants us to have the official marine mammal uh, as a symbol of the state be the bottlenose dolphin. Uh, he's got a number of reasons in his bill, among them, uh, whereas bottlenose dolphins have a short, thick beak and a curved mouth, giving the appearance that they are always smiling. Isn't that a feel-good bill? <laughs> it certainly is. Speaking of Hannig, uh, anyone that's been in the building or on the House floor ever in committee will be able to easily spot Hannig because he is known for blazers of a lively nature <laughs> more than more than anyone else that you can uh, spot from yeah if from you're in the house distance. gallery you're like is there a game show host <laughs> attending session today and no no it's representative Hannig. well you know um, beach people <laughs> you know, yeah. they, like dolphins and um lively lively blazer <laughs> i guess so i mean it, it's hard to argue with a dolphin that looks like it's smiling at you you know some of my favorite state symbols are the dogwood of course and the box turtle I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, the plot hound, just because that sounds cool. Uh, what about you, Colin? What are your, what are your favorites? Oh, well, you know, did you know we have a state marsupial that's official? It's the Virginia opossum, which seems kind of weird. But, you know, both of us were, you know, grew up in Virginia. So I'm not I think I'm OK with that. You know, little, you know, cross state symbolism going on. Uh, but we also have. Um, the state has official festivals like the official Livermush Festival, which there's an official fall Livermush Festival and an official spring Livermush Festival because I guess the the two competing Livermush Festivals, which are in Shelby and also in Marion um, in the, the western part of the state, uh, and the lawmakers couldn't decide which one they wanted to be official, so they had to, to do both of those. Uh, but I do have a little bit of bad news uh, for fans of, of symbols and fans of the bottlenose dolphin. Um, we see these every session. The House loves to run these bills, and the Senate loves to kill them. Um, they, they tend to end up in the Rules Committee, and I think uh, Senator Bill Rabin, who's the Rules Chairman, is is not a huge fan of uh, these these state symbol bills. So they tend to not go anywhere. Um, they never become law. It's been a few years since we've gotten a new state symbol. 
Well, did I think the the state shrub of rhododendron was introduced by was it Heist last session? So, so yeah, and I think he's, he may have done it again too. Yeah. He really wants that for the the mountain folks that he represents. Well, we'll see what uh, what the Senate wants, and uh, we'll be sure to let you know if we have any new uh, new state symbols in the works. Uh, so that's those are things to look out for this week. Of course, there's always more and surprises. That's what makes politics fun. From the News and Observer, I'm Don Bond with Colin Campbell. Thanks for listening. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for her weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.